Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. Can it, can it, put it in. Oh, that sounds like a Moth Award winning. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Paul, can you teach me how to voice act? Sure, yeah. Thanks. Be blast. Real Most quick, what is, what is Moth storytelling? Like, what's the style? Uh, true personal stories told on stage with no notes. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. that's making me sweaty. Oh, no, that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, I, oh, man. Because oh, I'm a babbler. I, re- I really what? want to make it up to testify this year, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's kind of what testify is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Testify really is uh, where the moth usually is a story slam event. Mm-hmm. And so the time limit is five minutes plus one. Mm-hmm. So okay. at six minutes, you pull it. Get off. Get off our stage. Testify knows that stories can take a little longer. We want that. So uh, 11 minutes plus or minus two, as I like to say. Whoa. Wow. <clears throat> Which can be really bad if you're a rambler. Yeah, but Testify works with with speakers. We're professionals. We teach people how to do storytelling all the time. Mm-hmm. We help them with their story, and we help them with that kind of challenge that they might face in telling a story. Usually, the people who come to our shows they check it out. They go, "Oh, I want to do that," and they go, "I want to learn how to do that." So we teach workshops and classes. And on top of that, uh, we start meeting with you at the beginning of the month for a show that happens at the end of the month. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Yeah. I want to sign up. How do I sign up? Uh, testify.com. Go to the submissions page. You'll see the themes for 2020. Uh, see if you have a story that fits one of the themes and just submit. But here's a challenge. Don't bother looking at the themes. Tell us a story you want to tell on stage, and we'll make sure we find a theme that fits you, and we'll get you in in the year. They look oh. juicy this year, the themes. They look real good. See, here's my problem with storytelling, because I've never been good at telling stories. Ever since I was a little kid... <laughs> Wait, I'm looking at you like, what did a, you just say? It's testify.com? a good bit. Testify.com. It's a good bit. Good bit. Texas? Um, <laughs> it's still one of my favorite Texas. bits. Texas. Um, Wild Speed Summer. God. Bowling Green, Ohio. You don't have a sound yet, James. Not yet, but I'm going to get one. Paul, if you don't know this, I'm from Bowling Green, Ohio, which has 30,000 people. So when the college session is happening. Also, there's two hills. Oh, two hills. Conneaut and University. Good oh, job, bonus points. And when there's uh, no school in session, it's just those two hills. Correct. But can you name what my town is known for nationally? Uh, the swimmer, Scott Hamilton. Nope. Tractor pulling. Yes. Tractor Good job, pulling Aaron. championships. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, it's a wild time that I've never been to. I hate it. So in tractor pulling, you can actually have a full pull. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, Paul! You know about this? Of course I do. You don't know how many times I heard "full pull" <laughs> from my house. Too many. That was his alarm clock. Yeah, up, it really up was. Up through high school. <laughs> During <laughs> August. Oh boy. Because we would have the fair and then tractor pulls. That's funny. It was a terrible time. Oh goodness, <laughs> I, I, Paul! I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> Rhode you Island, about tractor NASA, tractor pulling aficionado. <laughs> so. Here's a true story. I don't get up early. Nice. <laughs> and I'm really old, older than everyone here, and I think I can find two of you and still be older than the combination. Given that, I was there at the start when ESPN first came into being. Whoa. Turns out ESPN didn't have have footage of everything. 
And they would send camera crews around to track and pull everything they could on TV. Because <laughs> they used to be real hodgepodge. It was yeah. literally a hodgepodge. You didn't know what was going to happen between midnight and 6 a.m. Oh, that sounds awesome. So if you're up in the middle of the night, we would turn off MTV, which never went off in the house. We'd flip that to ESPN. And we would watch whatever the hell was on. Surprisingly enough, Tractor Pulls made the list. Wait. Did they ever film in Bowling Green? Yes. I mean, really? <laughs> yes. What? Oh it's my the god! Tractor pull capital of the world, dude. It, legitimately, we had a team from Germany come one year, and it was a big deal. James is so excited. I, I I don't know if you know this, but ESPN is is now favored sports only. Right? You, yeah, you're not going to see like when Ultimate oh, yeah. gets on their third version of the show. I'm right. just going crazy. Uh, so you don't get to see the exotic sports that once existed. But uh, YouTube is full of it. I was going to say yeah. that's what YouTube is for <laughs> that's now. That's exactly right. Oh man, ah, that is. Wait, so is it just like tractor versus tractor? No, or person they versus tractor? They, they, they oh, the tractor pull pulls things. things. Yeah. What does the person pull the tractor? No, <laughs> that's a different sport. That would be much better. <laughs> that'd be a way good sport. Because I watch World's Strongest Man, no. and they do that. Kind yeah, of no, thing. that would be cool. So, no. in essence, people gather uh, by the thousands to essentially just watch a tractor do its job. Well, yeah. Yeah, when you say it like that, it's a person helping the tractor do Truly. its job. I'm, I'll show what, you. How is that different than? It's not the tractor working alone. Grand National. It's a team. <laughs> Grand National. Get out of here! That's it's not the person and the tractor. Right, it's not a solo pull. It's a full pull. Yeah, Zoltar speaks. That's the well, ticket that's only if you that make he it got. Uh huh. From the way. in Toy Story. I mean, in Toy. Uh, in, in, in big. In big. Yeah. Both have Tom Hanks though. I was that. Uh, I was like, how <laughs> it just happened in my head? Castaway. Oh I forgot. Uh, Bowling Green is also known as known as Pole Town, USA. Pole Town? Pole Town. Pole Town, not Pole Town. Pole Town. Just, we're gonna take a pause here and watch some uh, tractor pull. Oh my gosh, this is the most bored I've ever been. <laughs> I know. I know. They're literally just pulling stuff. I hate sports. <gasps> is it gonna be a full pull? Did he get the full I, pull? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. No, you didn't make no, it. No, no, no. Wasn't full a full pull. pull. What do you mean he didn't make it? He didn't make it. Tractor he, just goes. He no. went. I, I don't see how he didn't make it. He went. Uh, pulling that much weight and over distance, so he gets up the momentum, he starts going, and then as the dirt builds behind him and it kind of engages. Oh, it's in the dirt? He, oh yeah. yeah, big time. I don't care. Yeah, Kenny, me either. But you can see some of my hometown in this. Oh, there's the hill. And okay, and all the people are there. I don't know, not the university people. The university was out. <laughs> Literally the entire town the is entire there. Town. Yeah, the entire town. You're not some wrong. may say the state. Because the Dairy yeah. Queen is closed. Dude, they closed down for the do. full pulls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, no, the Dairy Queen actually was a big deal in my hometown. Yeah. So whenever it was closed, they'd go to the tractor pull. Listen, Kenny, you're touching, you are walking on thin ice. Ice cream. They have a lot of thin ice in Bowling Green. Look, yeah, it's a real problem. Can y'all stop ganging up on me like like some kind of siege? <laughs> oh, oh. Do, you feel, what, do you feel the we siege? Haven't, we haven't introduced Paul. <laughs> no. Oh. We haven't Who the hell's Paul? Guys, we either. have gone a clean eight minutes without, <laughs> without a single introduction. Uh, we got the show in, though. We got uh, Today we're covering the 1998 Edward... Zip, zip, zip. Oh my god. What? I don't want to say that name, Kenny. Zwick. Zwick? Zemeckis. <laughs> directed. <laughs> directed film The Siege, starring Denzel. I'm James Fight, your dyslexic host. 
That's not a bit. I'm dyslexic. Stop making fun of me. I didn't say anything. <laughs> full pull. <laughs> That's going to be the Bowling Green full sound. Pull. Full, full pull. Full pull. And then the sound of a strike behind it. Uh, to my right is Kenny Madison, chief archivist of flatfilms.com. Across from him is Aaron Salinas, big comfy on SoundCloud, um, uh, big uh, big daddy at KTAI ninety one point one, the one, um, laughing panda five on uh, tweet. And our special guest today is Paul Normandon. Wow! Yeah! Thanks for having me, y'all. Uh, writer, performer, comedian. Ooh. Ooh. Dare I say, raconteur? Ooh, I like that word. In what racking for? Motivator. My gang, my brain is gone. All around, one of my favorite people oh, of all time. Rank them <laughs> right now. Like, are we? Ah, oh, Jesus! Man. I don't know if I want to be in the room for this. <laughs> Number one, God. <laughs> Number two, Meryl Streep. Okay, I'm feeling so. better. I, okay, <laughs> I don't need to be in the top two. <laughs> Number three, Paul Rudd. Oh. Number four, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's true. Paul Rudd is amazing. <laughs> I really hope that's a priest's list. Maybe somewhere. <laughs> then the Holy Spirit. And then, I know he's then secular. I, I know he's secular, but gosh darn it, I really do like I love you, man. You know, gang? Clueless. <laughs> All this talk of Bowling Green and... And no bowl. talk about the siege yet. No, no, no. We'll and get we're there. ten in. We'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Paul, I just want hold to- your pull. We'll get there. It's not a full pull yet. Hold on. We just started the pull, and much like a pull, so too have we started to dig our feet in the dirt. That's right. Is there feet in the tractor pulling? I thought it's just machine. No, it's just feet. We have dug into the dirt. Here's the new patron goal. We got our pull. (laughs) At $50, the Shame Watch crew will go to the tractor pulls. I feel like it should be higher. In Bowling Green, Ohio. What? Feel no, like it should be higher. That's so much money. That's not even a ticket. It's cost I imagine. So much money to get up there. And this it's not going to cost that much. If we get, they're going to have to get an airplane ticket. They might only fly first class. They might pay us to go. Because I, <laughs> if we're being honest, they might pay us. Because we're journalists. Exactly. We chronicle film. I would do an episode of the tractor. I used to do uh, sports commentating in college, so I probably couldn't do the tractor pulls, <laughs> but. uh if uh, there's a, a large white gentleman that uh, pitches, his nickname's Big Country. Uh, that was my right. sports commentating protocol. <laughs> if there's just a, if big it was a, if it was a larger pitcher, because pitchers uh, can be larger. Fun fact. Yeah, just uh, like goalies. Yeah, there's not a lot of running for that for that yeah, specific like one. So yeah, it was usually a big fella, and where we're from, it was just country people. So you got called Big Country. I saw how many big countries were there. There was a lot of big countries. <laughs> okay, a lot of big countries. Football. Full pull. I'm thinking Russia, China, Canada. Those are big countries. Those are big yeah, countries. Those are yeah, big yeah. those are big countries. India. Oh, yeah, I forgot oh, India. India. That's yeah. a population wise. That's a very large Thailand. country. Thailand. Is Thailand that big? I don't know. Okay. Isn't Thailand kind of like the, like a, like I think a, Brazil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's the big, the whole, the, like a, basically the whole continent. Isn't Egypt. Antarctica. Antarctica. It's two countries. Yeah. Takes up two things, doesn't it? So, of course, we're bringing this up because in the siege, there is uh, a lot of bad people trying to do bad things. That's my <laughs> setup. <laughs> Thank you for every action movie ever. <laughs> I mean, all right. I want... So, this is pre-9-11. 
And also, it's all about Muslim terrorism. Pre-Y2K. 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 Uh, post Aaron born. Salinas' birth. Yeah. I was, yes. I was born. <laughs> I was That's born. True. Yeah, you I was were, four, you four were years, alive. Four yeah. years old. I was six. Uh, my parents took me, and to watch Kenny this was movie. thirty-seven. Yeah, I had just had my second daughter. Yeah, just looking out property in Wyoming. Yeah. for uh, for the summertime. So. Uh, that was your first colonoscopy, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to yeah. you got to yeah. be healthy sooner rather than later. <laughs> well, especially when you have kids. Especially, yeah, it's for them. Not it's for all me. about the future at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such it's another fun bit that's just ongoing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the meta narrative that Kenny has outlived us all. That's right. <clears throat> but yeah, so this movie stars Denzel. What was Denzel doing at this point in time? He was doing movies like this. But but no, like what was his his pre Big Bad work? Like what got him on the map? Yeah, <clears throat> what got him to land this? Paul, movie? what do you know about Denzel? He's probably the best actor I've ever seen in my life. Wow, sure. you know I what? Will- Take that, I think, yeah. That reminds me. Uh, Paul, what inspired you to bring this movie to our podcast? I'm glad you asked that. Um, Two things. One, The Report. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the new movie that came out called The Report. It stars Adam Driver Mm -hmm. and Annette Bening, who is also in this movie. Yes. Also a fabulous actress. She is an amazing actress. And she's actually, I liked her in this. Uh, this movie, <laughs> when I think about it, is one of my favorite movies uh, for all the wrong reasons. Okay. It literally set out to do way too much. Oh, yeah. Mm. It should have easily been a miniseries yeah. or a series on TV. Absolutely. It, it fits more with a Homeland perspective mm-hmm. where you're bouncing mm-hmm. between what's happening at the White House and what are they talking about from a leadership position yeah. all the way down to the to the cops on the ground, mm-hmm. right? And, and because of that giant narrative that they're trying to tell, when they try to cram it into two and a half hours, it didn't fit. No. Well, it's not even two and a half hours. Right, it's exactly. Hour yeah. Uh, and you can tell there's some stuff that they should have left in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, which, like, interestingly, like, in 1998, you didn't really see a lot of almost two-hour movies, right? It was more oh, like, you definitely saw what? two-hour movies, James. Uh, uh, well, additionally, this yeah. movie is a product of something that really doesn't exist, which is just kind of crime movies that are just for adults that aren't necessarily... Uh, body or filled with gore. This this is an adult film made mm-hmm. for adults uh, that functions as a, a thriller. Yeah. Uh, one of those mid-level budget movies that just does not exist anymore. Um, and you've got Ed Zwick, who's uh, fairly hot at this time. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is his third movie that he's done with Denzel, uh, Glory, uh, being the first one, along with something else that I can't think of off the top of my head, and you know the the direction was challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're trying to do such a big sprawling thing, and you've got named actors for the FBI agent on the ground. Right. You've got a named pretty large agent. named actor. Yeah. We got a huge named actor for the general, mm-hmm. but then above that, it's all small. Yeah. Right. And you never even see the president. So it's this concept that. The, the kind of size and shape of this conversation is huge. The reason I think this was important is because there weren't a lot of people when this film came out that were talking about the concept of ethics in a relationship to government. Mm. Mm. And surprisingly, that seems to be something I care about, and I cared about it back then yeah. uh, because I was old back then. 
and I'm old now, and I cared about it. Uh, and more importantly, the ethics that they were discover- discussing were this. If we had a horrible terrorist attack on our country, mm-hmm. what freedoms would we be willing to give up? Right. This was two years before 9-11. Three. Three. Sorry, three years before 9-11. Yeah. I think I saw it after it had been in the uh, theater. Gotcha. So I saw it about two years before it happened. Oof. And for me, it was very powerful because I was like, Wow, and we had already had a bombing of the World Trade Center. Really? And yeah. yes. And so oh. one of the one of the people that was was in jail at the time and being discussed was a terrorist from another country who wanted to kill us. Hmm. And it it was a big deal, but it didn't do what they wanted to do. They tried to blow it up from the garage and so nothing happened. Right. And this movie seemed to feed off of that. Like the whole concept of it is what would have happened if that had succeeded? Mhm. Which is a really amazing question to ask three years before something horribly, terribly happened. Well, before we get too much into the text of the film, because we've got a lot to unpack. This movie is so dense. It is. There's so much going on. Uh, One of the things that we like to do, Paul, in case you haven't listened to the podcast before, (laughs) is we like to add a little bit of context on why someone might feel a little bit of shame about the movies that they bring to us. So we pull a review uh, released from around the time that film uh, was indeed <clears throat> released and we read that we're calling this segment the context <laughs> <laughs> wow in a That's review cool. titled <laughs> in a review titled cleverly review the siege by mark savlov uh published november 6 1998 of the austin chronicle oh really the austin chronicle Yeah, the Austin Chronicle. It was around in 1998. Who knew that they even had print here in Austin back in 98? Wow, I didn't know ink was a thing yet. Great question. Green just started his first tractor pull. Oh my god, full pull. (laughs) Well, it was 98. I I was going to say that's a really young. Back then, it was just a first pull. Yeah. (laughs) 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 They were like, "We can pull. Cool, cool full pull. We just pushed." Uh, So, anyways, Mark Sadlock has to. (laughs) I just got that, James. (laughs) It took me a second to to hit. (laughs) In this review, and I begin, and I quote, Could someone please turn down Denzel Washington's righteousness meter? It's set too high. The king of earnest masculinity is about due for a comedy. The Pelican Brief doesn't count, but this isn't it. Director Edward Zwick, who worked with Washington on Glory all those years ago, keeps on keeping on as well, and together the two of them have managed to not only make a painfully serious, weighty film, they've also pissed off a large segment of the Arab-American community in the process. Washington plays FBI Special Agent Anthony Hubbard, who, along with CIA Agent Elise Kraft, Annette Benning, and General William Devereaux, Bruce Willis, is called in to handle an escalating series of domestic terrorist acts that are reducing New York City to rubble. After a terrorist cell demolishes a city bus, then a city bus with actual people on it, and then the NYC Federal Building, the chain of operations moves from Hubbard's sage FBI agent to Deborah's Camp Happy General. As panic grips the city, the president gives the order to shut down Brooklyn. Strangely, the Beastie Boys are nowhere to be found. (laughs) Declare martial law and round up any suspicious-looking Middle Eastern nationals. The siege is so blatant in its condemnation of the events and its storyline that you get the feeling there are subliminal bad, wrong messages flashing just out of sight on the screen. The good news is that the siege uh, handles racial matters well enough. The bad news is that it doesn't matter because it's all too damn pedantically serious to take seriously. 
Except for Bruce Willis, of course, he's one actor who should always be taken with a grain of salt the size of Lot's wife. An action film on a soapbox is still an action film, and an action film with Bruce Willis on a soapbox runs the risk of becoming a comedy. So maybe this is the comic vehicle Denzel Washington's been so sorely missing after all. 2.5 out of 5 stars. Never Ooh. change, Austin. Never change. <laughs> Stay weird. I wonder... If that person still works for the Chronicle? Let me check. Sure. <laughs> I also wonder... Hold. Sure. What's his name? Uh, Mark Savlov. M-A-R-C. O-C. S-A-V as in Victor. L-O-V as in Victor. Wait, S-A-V-L-O-V, as in Victor? Oh, Mark Savlov Austin. Oh, Jesus. Uh, 2009, he was named Meanest Critic in America. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Y'all should know that. That's a good thing for this group to know. (laughs) In in 2011, he won Best Film Critic in the annual Austin Chronicle Best of Austin Awards. Currently, he's prepping a nonfiction book and documentary about the punk rock scene in Thailand while attempting to learn Thai and master Adobe Final Cut Pro. That sounds rad. Well, first of all, no one uses Final Cut Pro that much. Also, Adobe is not in charge of Final Cut Pro. Also, yeah. That's, yeah. This is from the Chronicle. Apple, that's right. It is. Uh, Mike said, oh, okay, uh, real quick, do you want to do his top 10 films of 2019? Yes. Okay. Little Women. Don't uh, cut this out. Aaron leads this in. Actually lengthen it. Slow okay. it down to 90%. And get my crunching in there. Okay, yeah, uh, we'll go from back. Uh, 10, ready or not? Oh, really? <laughs> I'm, okay. Yeah, I don't you um, can't. Aaron, I'm ready. Just nine, go. Jojo Rabbit. Eight, okay, Booksmart. Ready? Agreed. Seven, it. Starfish. Haven't seen it. Six, One Cut of the Dead. I haven't seen it. Five, mm-hmm. Raise Hell, The Life and Times of Molly Ivins. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Four, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. have seen it. Didn't like it. Three, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Didn't, mm-hmm. Two, Parasite. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. One, Monos. Monos? What? Not Monos. A different Monos. The Fate of Hands? No. Hands a of diff- what, I said what was a different ten? Monos. Ten was Ready or Not. Oh, that's a movie. Okay, Ready or Not. That was the Hasbro connection, yeah? Didn't Hasbro have a whole line of game movies? Talking about, but we can all agree that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was not good. No, right? it's good. Yeah, it's no. good. Nah, it's we'll probably one of my top Tarantino. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, Paul is uh, silently screaming at the microphone, so we should probably get back to what Paul. <laughs> no, no, technically, me oh. or like, did you actually enjoy it? No, I ju- I'm just wondering how big that is. I. <laughs> I genuinely the most infantile i've ever seen you i enjoyed it i i thought it did its uh job and for tarantino i think it did it well for its job um so was james doesn't like things where you're just with the characters all right hold on so was glory (laughs) or malcolm x or philadelphia the one that put him on the map uh seen elsewhere actually really Mm -hmm. what because denzel was on saint elsewhere that was his first uh, claim to fame or the pelican and brief he went stratospheric with pa- uh, pelican brief he got a lot of cred for uh, probably glory and then malcolm x glory. was uh such a big film of the time and it was uh, i think that was spike lee post do the right thing as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and that movie was just such a juggernaut and then to do a biopic that was 
previously circled by Scorsese, I believe. That is correct. And there's a lot of flack and uh, Spike got the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And Denzel was a perfect fit for the character. He, <laughs> he really owned is. the character. Matter of fact, there's a scene in that. Uh, my favorite book is the autobiography of Malcolm X. There's a scene in that movie where I had seen the actual speech that he was replicating. And I went, wait a minute. And I had, I like paused because I was like, is that Denzel doing this? Or is that really Malcolm <laughs> X doing this? Oh, it wow. was so good. Cause wow. he had such a, a way with his words and the language and the yep. way he spoke that Denzel had nailed it. It was yeah. just amazing. Sorry. Yeah. Wrong movie. I mean, I, we can all agree that Denzel's an amazing actor. He's oh yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, and then he goes on. I think I think my first Denzel is the Equalizer too. <laughs> it, it's one, probably remember two, the Titans. Three. I think they hammered yeah. that real big. Mm. Um, and then so Bone Collector. That was good. Yeah, to remember the Titans was like on. Like if you, there was a free block, you yeah. had to watch Remember the Titans. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And like I still have nostalgia for it. Yeah, too. that's like, a weird thing. Like I still love that movie. It's a great movie. I always loved Bone Collector. I thought he did phenomenal in that film. Um, is that about well, toothpicks? Huh? Yeah, toothpicks. It's a toothpick movie. Bone collector. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I love that film. Um, pro- probably my favorite uh, Denzel like flick is Flight. Yeah, yeah. I love Flight because wow. it's got America's it's sweetheart in it. Ron Goodman. Oh, I love anything with John Goodman in it. Uh, but big oh big fan. Does have? Yeah, and he's yeah. uh he's he's my kind of <laughs> character that he's got a ponytail yeah. and he's a drug yeah. dealer. Like that's oh, just yeah. really good, yeah. John. Good uh, Denzel's kind of carved out this niche in the '90s where Denzel plays, spoiler alert, a cop or some sort of cop, but like a rogue badass cop. Is that always his thing? Because I, I mean, deja vu, Man on Fire. This movie. I think he's got a little bit of edge. Man on Fire. He's not a he, cop, but I, he's a bodyguard. T- yeah, cool. Tra- training. Am I remembering a movie he did called Training, training day. something? <laughs> training day. I think day. That was, that was it. <laughs> training training day. Uh, training dead. Uh, training in the dead. Because I really watched Training Day and went, oh, there's nothing he can't do. Yeah. I watched Training Day and I went, oh, I hate this guy. But it's Denzel. How can I hate this guy? Right? And that's how good of an actor he was, is I hated that character. And so Bone much. Collector, he's in a hospital bed the entire time Spoilers. and rocking a performance. He's 20 years old, James. <laughs> Get to it. I mean, we, we've also spoiled the siege. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, but that was, that was, they should know because we told them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're covering Denzel. Let's be honest. This is a Denzel episode. Denzel episode. We should have a Denzel marathon. Oh, no. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot. Well, we could pick five. Top five Denzel. Why films. are you so keen on just marathoning everything, James? I we need friends. to. We're here, buddy. <sighs> we're here now. Thanks. With you. Thanks. Because we care. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, top five Denzel movies. I guess we have to do <laughs> that. We got to do that. All right. <sighs> okay, are we <laughs> each doing one? Okay, Paul gets to do two. We each get one. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to say, uh, I don't want to go next. I don't want to go first. You have to. Okay. I said flight. Uh, you said flight. Okay. Say remember the Titans. I'm going to say bone collector. No, I'm not going to say remember the Titans. Can I say remember the Titans? I don't remember no. a single. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care for remember the Titans. Kenny? I, I'm, I'm certain that if I watched remember the Titans, it would be a movie where they go, oh, cool. They solved racism. <laughs> They Good thing though. that racism just doesn't exist anymore past 1970. It's Disney, it though. <laughs> Who cares? Malcolm X. Okay, okay. All right. I'm mood today. I'm sorry. Paul. I feel like I caused this. No. Paul, what? Although I need to watch Crimson Tide because I love submarines. 
<laughs> Paul, you get two votes. I do get two votes. Yes. Uh, so you're not going to even know this movie. It was called Courage Under Fire. I've heard of it. And it is the only movie I like more with Denzel Washington it's the, than, than The Siege? Than Malcolm X. Oh, oh, okay. Right on. It's the second Edswick Denzel collaboration. That is correct. Oh. And what's your other one? Uh, I just said it. I'm you said Malcolm X. Uh, what was it? Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I froze. Didn't you already say? Oh, no. Kenny said Malcolm X, so you get another spot. Oh, yeah. I get another yeah, spot? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, training day, then. Training day. Okay. Uh, yeah, right yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Right? I mean, That's, think about the power of those characters and how well he played all of those. That's a healthy collection. Know. Yes, it is. If you watched I, all five of those movies, you'd die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a row. He just got his Kennedy Lifetime Award, didn't he? Like a that. year or two. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. Awesome. I didn't realize he paid for Chadwick Boseman to attend a lesson in the UK. Yeah, uh, apparently Chadwick went to the same school or college that Denzel went to. Wow. And he and Denzel occasionally just says, hey, I'll pay for a trip. Because I think it's a... Uh, because um, he's also attached to like the fraternity or something like that. And then Chadwick gave a speech for his life, Kennedy Lifetime Award. And he said, you know, Denzel did this, this, and this. Little did he know he would help, you know, build a foundation block for my future. And I'm like, God. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of foundation blocks, uh, Paul, one of the foundations of Shame Watch is bringing something that you might feel a little bit of shame about. Now, we've all been talking about the siege in fairly glowing terms so far. But, but why, of all of the movies that you could have picked, why did you bring... The siege. What is the specifical specifical? What is the specifical emotional attachments? I'm infecting you. Uh, uh, I, I, that's a really good question. I thank you. We're professionals. I, I think there's a level of shame around this movie because it does talk about the treatment of minorities really badly. Mm-hmm. It does have conversation about how we're treating minorities in our country, and it challenges us to look at it. And I walked out of the movie, and I was in the minority. Mm-hmm. Most of the people I talked about with this film hated it thought it was terrible was unrealistic didn't deal with real things that would never happen that could never happen yeah right thank you and it wasn't just the terrorism part it was how the the country would react (laughs) it's totally true and and people thought it was just too much and they didn't like the preachy nature of it and of course i love the preachy nature of it because i'm like yes please remind us it's really important not to hate people based on their race Mm -hmm. please remind us it's really important that we can't just round everybody up that looks a certain way and throw them in jail we figure out which one's not a terrorist because we, uh, it's we did that in World War II uh, and right. now. yes well we did it a lot we've it, done it yeah. a lot since yes uh, but this is this was a significant thing and I felt shame when nobody else liked it I yeah. felt really crappy when everybody else didn't see the the really important message it was trying to distill and it's it's wild, wild to watch this film now because it is I, I don't get because it's such an absurd notion that this would happen in 98 and then basically everything has happened except for tanks rolling into new york city Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and and except that i mean you look at ferguson you look at any place where they had to deploy swat and it's basically police with military yeah equipment so i I guess this kind of stuff you go to any border town thank you and that that, that's there's tanks meeting you at the door before you leave yeah the american border and uh Unlike this film, I'm certain that there's a large portion of the population who's like, finally, we can take care of this crime. Because mm-hmm. one thing that this film yeah. does altruistically is that everyone is against the military as opposed to 
uh, what I'm certain would happen happen now, which is a large portion of uh, us white folks, myself, James, and Paul. Yes, uh, us white folks would love the military, and we'd all, myself, James, and Paul. Uh, I will speak for them. Just Please love do. the military. <laughs> We so, love so just just a quick note. I was in the military. I did serve in the U.S. Army, <clears throat> and yeah. there there are some rules. Uh, Posse comitatus is one of them. We do not uh, take up arms inside our country as the military. That's not what we do. We don't spy hmm. on each other inside the country, and we don't take up arms. So when I saw this movie, it was really important to me. I had just gotten out of the army about ten years earlier. This movie meant everything to me. It was wow. like a wow. it was a really significant reminder. That there are things we do in other countries that we don't do at home. Right. Man, I gotta uh, say, like you, that speaks to you that like you were ashamed of the people who didn't take the message well, that they were supposed did you, to. Yeah. Did you see this movie with other military personnel? Do you think that's why this movie connected with you just a little bit more? I saw it with some of my friends who were fairly conservative and you know fairly supportive of the military, and neither one of them had been in the military. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that was a significant mm-hmm. moment for me where I was kind of like. Yeah, y'all don't get it. Because uh, the Bruce Willis stuff is stupid. The whole Bruce Willis <laughs> portion of this movie is stupid. They set him up as a fall guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is it Why is it stupid? Well, here's the thing. The presumption is that Bruce Willis, without notifying the president, kidnapped and captured a, a terrorist from the Middle East uh-huh. who was plotting to do things to our country. And then black bagged him and took him on a rendition out of the country he was in to a secure secret location not in the United States. Uh-huh. That, that's a lot. That's a lot but, to not tell the president. <laughs> it is a lot to tell the president. And then yeah. I saw the movie The Report this week. Mm. So I haven't seen it. And that's stuff that is exactly happened. what happened. Yeah. Now, whether the president knew or not is kind of a questionable thing. Right. But there were 119 people that it took the Senate to investigate to determine how many people were actually in the black bag prisons that we had created Jeez. in this situation. Because, I, again, going back to the context of when this movie is made, which is during the Clinton era is where mm-hmm. uh, it, it, uh, it feels like we're at the end of history yeah. because the wall has come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- we're, we're in Kosovo. Uh, we we have a little bit of a military presence over in the Middle East. Uh, Desert but, Storm is rounding off. Uh, Desert Storm's done. Right, it is okay. Because that done. ended in the nineties. That was a, early nineties, right? That was a thirty-something day uh, strike under mm-hmm. George H. W. Bush, right. and then yeah. once that, once once it was done, it was done. It wasn't. We weren't locked into the forever wars. Um. So basically, we were all just happy. So looking at something like this. You're going. This is farcical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then somehow Ed Zwick, who in most po- in most critical circles, people are like, "Oh, he's a he's a shrug of a director." Uh, he'll he'll be. Uh, you'll look at all the things and you'll go, "I like these movies," but they're all movies that are uh, unsubtle. They 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 don't play they they play their cards very obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a certain group of people, they're like, I don't I don't dig that. Uh, yeah. yeah but I think that's right. S- somehow this film, this nothing burger of a film that no one talks about, you look at there. There's literally an image of a guy in a red hat protesting the military. Uh, 
That's and, correct. And it's such a, it's such a, it means absolutely nothing in 98. Right. But just because it's knocking down so many pins of going, oh, well, this happened. Oh, well, this happened. Oh, well, this happened now. Uh, it it feels oddly prescient, and I'm certain that, that wasn't intention the intention. But I would love to figure out what the research process was in putting something together like this because it. it I mean, it's fair to seem that in '98 we felt on 1998. In 1998, yeah. the year of our Lord 1998. And right? Domino. <laughs> That's right. We we felt untouchable. Yeah. Correct. Yes. We, we we were the top dog. We were the powerhouse. We won. We won the Cold War. Life mm-hmm. was grand. We nothing nothing could rock us. In other words, right. And that's why <clears throat> I think everyone had that reaction of like, this will never happen, bro, because we got so used to that peace. What was that voice? <laughs> That'll never happen. I'm a voice actor. I know. I picture exactly who he's talking about when he uses that voice, though. Like, yeah. no one's going to attack us. Yeah. We're the United States. Yeah. And then they sit down for yeah. I, I don't yeah. yeah. Um, but but it is fascinating, like because literally three years later, nine eleven happens, and yeah, more importantly, two years later, Y two K. That's correct. Uh, I mean, that's what really shook us. Yeah, we really should talk about that more. The but, world changed after January first, two thousand. So I'm going to take uh, a slight detraction. We've if already approved. talked about Bowling if Green. If approved, <laughs> it's not about Bowling Green. It's about a joke I was gonna make. Uh, I gotta go New back Year. to Dairy Queen. No, I'm be so mad. Mm, this is gonna be a joke about September 11th. No, oh, God, God, no, Kenny, <laughs> too, too I'm soon. Not gonna joke about that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> too soon. Uh, yeah. uh, granted, James. Oh, uh, uh, granted. Paul. Oh, granted, absolutely. Uh, this <laughs> New Year, uh, like as it's turning to 2020, I really wanted to make a Y2K joke, but I couldn't form one. And I was really sad about that. So your that. joke was about not being able to form a joke? No, that was my story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just wanted to post on Facebook something about Y2K, but I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't crack the code. So I'm really sad. I, the only thing I remember about Y2K was my dad owned a flower shop, and I remember walking into the flower shop with him, because you know he's also the babysitter if you're a business owner, and he going, huh. Guess we're all okay. He's like, <laughs> as he's like turning on his computer and his register and everything like that. That's the, and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I don't know. They were supposed to blow up or something. And then, and then he just goes about his business and starts making flowers. And I was like, oh, cool. Again, I'm, that's the only thing. I'm not a great storyteller. Um, <laughs> I remember Y2K. I Go believe on. you do. <laughs> I think I that's it. true. Yeah. I, I'm not going to question it. I, yeah. I was actually working in the technical industry at the time and before that, and there was a really big concern. That Were you in Austin at the time? I was in Austin at the time, oh. and I was working for the government. Oh. Uh, so there was a pretty big concern that a lot of the systems that people rely on. So do they kind of the buy into it network, too? Uh, well, not only did they buy into it, I'm an advocate for what happened in that uh, because of what happened, we set a lot of standards and forced a lot of people to adhere to it. I want to just say we would not have the ability to integrate so many systems today as easily as we do had we not figured out how to work with those standards and forced everybody to move to those standards when we did. Guys, I feel bad about joking about Y2K now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a minority opinion for the record. I'm a very small minority. I know, but it makes so much sense. All right, cool off, honky. (laughs) 
Oh boy. Oh man, that well, was that's... twenty years ago. Holy yeah. shit, that just yeah. hit me. Yeah. I just want you to think that I was thirty-seven twenty oh. years ago. Huh? I know. <laughs> I was seven. And again, I had just investigated some property. I was thinking about raising some cattle uh, in Wyoming. Uh, the uh, emu, they're going to be the new beef. Uh, that was the thing. That was, uh, there's right. still an emu yeah. farm where I'm from. Wait, was that a thing? Yeah, emu was going to be the new emu. beef. Yes. Yeah, huh. it was, uh, that, there was, everybody was investing in emus at the time. Because it was cheaper to feed them and cheaper for them to get to the size, I think. To produce the same quality and size of meat. Yeah. And the... Late 90s, early 2000s was just a wild time, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, produced films like The Siege, directed by Edward Zwick, starring Denzel Washington. I didn't realize he did The Defiance and Love and Other Drugs. Yeah. Edward Zwick. I just, I just looked him up real quick. But yeah, he's he's done, because a lot of his stuff does look like Americana military-esque based. Wait, The Defiance with the... James about Bond. Two? Oh, okay. Daniel Craig. Well, not James Bond, but Daniel Craig. Okay. Ben Wilbon. Well, wait. wait. Yeah, it's about the one, the World War II, and they're in the forest yeah, it's, trying to it's, survive the Nazis. It's the Rogue One World War II story, basically. That's yeah, a great Unlike film. the rest of World War II movies, this one really is like a war film. <laughs> well, because it's him leading a bunch of Jewish people in the forest. Yeah. It's like there's a thousand of them. And it's I didn't know that was Edward Zwick. Yeah, yeah like, I didn't and like either. Rogue One, it's like, a, it's like the first war film that we've ever seen with <laughs> other World War II films. It's a really, it's a like, really it's good so film. gritty. It's so good. Because like, you don't really see the stakes in other World War II films. But like Rogue One, it's like the first war film. So, Paul, you know? when you try to show this... <laughs> When you try to show this to other people, what are their reactions? Uh, most of them are like, but th- there's some components of this film that are just too we- unwieldy. Mm-hmm. It starts off with a kidnapping of yeah. this shake, and once that happens, it kind of goes away. Like mm-hmm. the next thing is this terrorist stuff. And the terrorist stuff is really, it makes sense, but the other stuff isn't like connected as cleanly. And it just, the movie gets too unwieldy. Yeah. And there are often questions after the film, like, I don't understand what happened and why was why was Bruce Willis's character the bad character right. like right obviously the president had made some decisions in this he but they actually make Bruce Willis's character out to be the bad guy right. with intention like you said like the fall guy and, but it wasn't good yeah. how they did it i mean it's it's what i call end of the movie itis yes because if this movie were made today it would certainly have a little bit more of an ambiguous ending but this movie is made in 98 so they need to defeat the bad guy right and bruce willis is the coded is it's the thing that's coded as the bad guy even though what i really like is that he's very much against the military action but also he's like i i have my orders this is i i have to follow the rule of the president and what's also super interesting that would just never happen now is that it's specifically bill clinton is the president the film really I know. <laughs> That's what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> now you know empathy, uh, Kenny. Uh, wow. <laughs> but specifically coded as the as the president in this film, it's not President Stevens or President Whitmore like in the film Independence Day. Perfect film. I yeah, you've seen it. Aaron. High, it's a great Paul, you've seen Independence yes, Day. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like everybody should watch it? Like it's once? a perfect. It's a wonderful. It's a fun popcorn <laughs> flick, and you just uh, opening just shot really space. Fun. Yeah, well, opening wrong. shot. So you have 20, seen it. Twentieth Century Fox. Oh, have you seen Independence Day? Because let me tell so you, so the siege. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> is zaddy. <laughs> 
uh, I'll watch I, it one day. There's a possibility. There's a line in that that says, "We've lost all communication. <laughs> it must be an attack," which is probably if it's that movie I'm thinking of. That's probably. Are we talking it. about the siege or Independence, Independence Day? Day? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Because both could apply. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Oh man, uh, there's something about this movie that also draws me in. Uh, kind of that big grandiose world stage conversation that they're having when it gets down to the Denzel Washington and the FBI and the CIA trying to figure these things out. There's a tension that's discussed that we don't talk about mm-hmm. it, it. We certainly didn't talk about it back then, but now we talk about it all the time. It's the tension between the FBI's role of investigator, mm-hmm. the CIA's role of gathering intelligence. They don't mm-hmm. care about the investigation. They're not looking at prosec- prosecutions. Right. That's not their gig. Their gig is who's trying to kill us when and where. Mm-hmm. So they just want the information. Which one gets priority? How do we share? How do we yep. communicate both those things at once? And then there's a whole other conversation going on about the roles and responsibilities of us to act, act ethically on a world stage, specifically about torture. Mm-hmm. Because this movie has torture yeah. every step of the way. Tony Shalhoub... Yeah. Denzel, Annette Benning, and Bruce Willis all commit torture. However, Bruce Willis's torture when he kills the person intentionally with a gun, which you don't do in torture as I hear. Um because <laughs> try to avoid you, it. you don't you don't actually get any information out of him after that. Uh that actually happened. And that was the bridge too far. That was the line that should not be crossed. Hmm. And that's what Bruce Willis eventually is charged with in the end of the movie. And it's like, really? Because if you take, if you undo all those little pieces and you look at this film without those overarching things and you just ask the question, what happens if there's so much terrorism in one city mm-hmm. that we can't get to the bottom of it and it just keeps happening? Yeah, this is the wild thing that this movie captures and it's three years, be- well, two years before Y2K, uh, which just, it shattered the world. But it captures that sense of panic that I'm, was completely lost on me at that age because I was in junior high and my grade was just using, this is honest, honest to God, the truth. We were just using September 11th as a way to get out of more classwork, which is just an awful thing to say, but also completely true. It's an yeah. honest thing, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm certain that, that that just a series of escalating un- uncertainties because you had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. And this movie captures that so wonderfully and so eerily three years before that stuff happens it's weird yeah Yeah. i remember well i don't remember this but my dad told me i think a year ago like when 9-11 happened they pulled me out of school and uh i guess there's just panic all around my town and like people were lining up to get gas just to hold on to it so they didn't run out and my dad turns to me and just says this is what panic looks like oh my god yeah and I think, like, subconsciously that really stuck with me. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I can't consciously recall that memory, but I think that really, like, formed a lot of things. Well, I mean, that, I mean, <clears throat> as I think, because me and you are kind of in the same age bracket, mm-hmm. that was, uh, for the audience at home, I'm pointing at James. Yeah. Um, I'm I, not I, pointing at me. No. Nor me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was our first, well, Kenny, I'm curious if you could say it too, that, that might have been our first huge like shell shocking of a moment yeah, yeah. like as, historic event yeah that's our first historic event because like i remember 
my dad said he can remember, you know, when Lennon passed, which I know is mm-hmm. not, yeah. you know, the same yeah. thing, but it yeah, is yeah. a seismic event in your life. And, and when the Berlin well, wall fell mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, iconic moments like that. And my first one is 9-11 because <clears throat> where I'm from, yeah. we're, we, uh, we're a naval town. So we're a naval town. We're a ranch town. Uh, it's yeah. Naval Air Station Kingsville. Mm-hmm. We train fighter pilots that we're for. So our city was in a panic too because yeah. they were like, "It makes sense to go to the source, yeah. kill them, you know, kill them where they're training, and that's it." So like there was a huge shutdown. Yeah. I went to school like twenty miles out of the way, so like we had to like take back roads to get back home. And I remember because like I was six, I was in first grade, and I I asked my dad, I was like, "Where's Batman?" Oh. Like that was like the only thing oh. I can think of, oh, and my wow. and my dad Jeez, had to break yeah. it down for me. Like, no, and I I, I distinctly remember him saying wow. like, "This is real." Yeah, and I was like, "Wait, holy shit, Batman's not real!" <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, "What does he mean?" Like, I mean, this is this is what superheroes do. Yeah, and my dad was like, "No, there's some bad guys that we have to go out and get." And like, how do you explain war yeah, to a yeah. kid? And then like the siege, like watching this, I don't know. How I that it it's just it's a very impactful movie that I didn't think intended to be as impactful. Because this right. movie had no impact in '98. Yeah, right. this movie oh, was a no, nothing because it, it was, was a, berated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because true. It was it's yeah. all too over the top. And then we have a literal supervillain in charge. Yeah. Uh, I just recently put on the Logan Blu-ray. Great Blu-ray, by the way. It comes yeah. with a black and white version of the movie. It's really dynamite. It's really hey, good. it's really good. Lovely making of feature. But one of the things that the director James Mangold says is that he likes to write villains uh, from the perspective of they believe in something and they always think that they are right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. 2020, that strikes me as false because Trump is only looking out for hot take. Hot take about the president. He's only looking out for himself. Yet in the media that we put out, we put out villains that are sympathetic, we can empathize with them, and are always coming from a position of, well, I think this is the right thing to do. Meanwhile, you just look at any of the American politicians, well, the Republican politicians currently in charge, and you can just see them nakedly stealing power only for their own benefit. And if we wrote that stuff down, we'd be like, that's too cartoonish. Oh, yeah. Which is why I argue for unsubtlety in our media because we're like, there's no subtlety in now. Make sure that that peaks all the way. Turn it up. <laughs> all the way. It, it's just Double crazy that I watched this the three days after we had a, a major possible lighting of a, mm-hmm. a WIC event. Yeah. yeah. With, you know, the, the assassination of a, a, a major general for a. a a country we already have turmoil with yeah. that, you know, some people say, well, there was a treaty. We were still on bad terms. <laughs> like, we, we weren't healthy with each other. And and it's strange to see that and then to watch this movie that has the Twin Towers on the cover yeah. with, a, with, a, with a burning logo behind it. Oof. Like, which was all too eerie because it's 98. Yeah. We were untouchable. Nothing was supposed to happen. Like, I, I, for, for the listener, I cannot articulate... How eerie this movie is, considering when it was made, and then the rest of American culture. Yeah. And then when this we movie watched it and was, talk about it. This right. movie was such a nothing burger at the time of its release. <coughs> hey, this is a safe space to cough. Uh, this movie was such a nothing burger at the time of its release, and then just my watching it, it seems so oddly prescient. Mm-hmm. 
and it just it it looks like this stuff could happen today it could now. it could literally just happen tomorrow considering yeah. the the way that things are going we're, well, we're recording this on january 5th for everybody to know because this january comes out 5th, that's good 2020 call. 2020 because <laughs> it's important like where we're at right now we don't know what tomorrow looks like yeah we, we just sent over what 3500 troops to yeah. the middle east we don't know what tomorrow looks like at this point yeah and supposedly there's like they're targeting more trump than the actual country like it, it's it's in a weird spot so we don't know what tomorrow looks like but this movie <laughs> oh man it, <laughs> I, I had to stand up a couple times i, think I was like thing, i don't like this it's making me hot i think uh, the thing about this is like and why it was received so poorly when it was released was like it was trying to have a conversation that no one Wanted, a wanted to have, or even thought about. It was yeah. It was we like, won. America had won at that point. Right. We won. It's like saying, "Hey, we have to start preparing for that alien invasion right now." <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? And then three years later, we have first contact in aliens land. Like that's yeah. It's kind of like if if the hot jock uh, quarterback was like, "What what what would happen if you got popped in the mouth?" Right. Yeah. And it's then, exactly like that. And then we got popped in the mouth. It's exa- that's a perfect metaphor, Aaron. I don't think I've ever heard a more perfect metaphor. Here's the other thing: while watching it's this like movie, the hot job. Let me. I have another that would stop. come up to you and say, "Hey, I'm gonna pop you <clears throat> in the mouth." No, if the quarterback wished to get popped in the yeah. mouth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Texas. So anyway, the second thing was like I was really surprised how desensitized I was because like I was watching I'm like, oh. Okay, and then I had to like reflect on that. I was like, "Wait a minute, ninety-eight. No one, no one saw this stuff. No one saw like there's so there's an active shooter in a school in this film. Yeah, who's holding children at hostage. Yes, and I went, oh, okay, <laughs> and that oh. that well, it's just oh. how desensitizing is the media right now of yeah. like that, that shit happens." It feels like all the time. Unfortunately, it is a, a, a normalized part of our culture. Right. We're in 98. Of course, people would be freaking out like, no one no one would have a gun in a school. That's crazy. Well, but- Columbine had already happened, yeah? No. Oh, really? Not this, even. This is pre-Columbine? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Also, Bruce Willis, not famous either. This was pre-Bruce Willis. It's prescient about a bunch of things. Jeez. Annette Benning was still awesome. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all. Because Denzel, he's he's bathing in the river of ham for this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I. It's delicious. Take a big old bite out of that big old ham. <laughs> he actually gets a lot. There, He displays a huge range in this movie. Well, the, the first 30 minutes of this movie specifically feel to me like some cable cop show. Yeah. 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 NYPD blue. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And then suddenly the movie starts taking geopolitical stances and starts escalating it in, for lack of a, another analogy, a kind of a dark night turn. Yeah. In terms yeah. of escalating all of this chaos around. Yeah. Um, and it really just doubles on itself. Annette Bening is so good in this movie in a, in a quiet way, except for the parts where she literally just kind of explodes with intensity. Uh, it, it reminded me, there's this movie, this lovely movie, 
Paul, you'd love this movie. You guys would like this movie too, but Paul, you would definitely love this movie. It's called 20th Century Women. It's it's a net betting, L fanning, Billy Crudup. Uh, and it's about um, this kid, this this young teen boy that's raised in a house filled with women in the, the 1970s. And it's just this lovely, warm uh quasi nostalgic look at this Southern California family. Greta Gerwig. Oh my! Is, wow. is, yes. uh, it's wonderful. It's about characters that are just together, James. So you might not like it. I liked Little Women. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Little Women. It's ten, ten stars. Yeah. Really? Oh, absolutely. It's oh. fantastic. Everyone needs to see Little Women. Yes. Okay. I'll Richard Jewell was good. Stuff. I, it wasn't. I liked. I, don't know what I liked Lady Bird. I liked Lady oh, Bird. You hated Lady Bird. No, I like Lady Bird. Little Women is f- perfect. Oh wow! Didn't you say Lady Bird was the one with the ending that you said ruined the movie? Oh no, that's Tully. Yeah, that's Tully. That's what I was thinking of. Hey, Tully's ending. My stinky duty. Can, can I ask real quick? Um, yeah, Aaron, please. Uh, real quick. Have you gone to the movies recently? Like within the past week be, or so? Be no, quicker, no, no, quicker, no, no. Come on, okay. quicker, quicker. We're on the clock. I went on Friday and. Rather than the please silence your phones and don't talk message, it was the please be aware of your emergency exits and aware of an event. No. Whoa. Was that just because... That's day, just you. The day I went was when there was a stabbing at Riverside in Congress. So oh. I wasn't sure if they flipped it for that specific day. I don't think so. Or if that was just I, our new normal. I went to a movie Friday and that did not occur. They okay. said silence your devices. And I just got the Marvel Cinematic Universe box set, Phase One, Did, oh, and Phase, phase one. Two. Uh, That's so. you're gonna do your holiday in bit, huh? Your holiday in bit. <laughs> What's my <laughs> holiday in bit? Or Best Western? I stayed at a Holiday Inn. <laughs> oh, that is a good. That's bit. A good I do bit. like that bit. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, okay. So that wasn't just because no, I was just you. That was I went to an AMC, you. so I'm curious if that's like their new normal. Probably. Okay. I wonder. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, AMC was the one with Aurora. So that's where I was like, oh, wow. is this just what's happening now? We don't have to be told to be silence our phones. That's normal to us now. It's more, hey, in the event of an, an event, please be aware. Like, God, like, and then I had to watch this two, day- yeah. <laughs> two days after. This has been a Being, very interesting oh, start to 2020. I, I, oh, man. I, I, I mentioned this earlier. I want to reiterate it. If you want to jazz up watching this movie, watch it again, then immediately watch The Report. The Report. <sighs> With Adam Driver and Adam Annette Bening. Okay. Oh, yes, Annette Bening, who I'm sure is wonderful in that film. She is pretty amazing in it. Uh, that particular story is about <clears throat> a report. The report that comes out about... Sorry, the report. Yes. About the torture oh. of the detainees. Oh, oh. dude. And Jesus. it's the Senate report about what the CIA was doing, how they did it, and why. And it's a true story. Oh, jeez. And if you watch this movie in that context, it's unraveling of your nerves. It'll make you so uncomfortable, it'll hurt. Well, yeah, y'all, and, I figure out our next marathon. <laughs> yeah, because I also saw Richard Jewell on Friday, which kind of is kind of our distrust in the government. Yeah. Geez. And then we watched, like, oh, man, it's been a stressful week, is oh. all I'm going to say. Do you need a hug? I'm all right. Oh. But it was, oh, oh goodness, it was, it, was a, it was a lot happening all at once. Um, but, oh, man, so this is... It's just so crazy because, like, because that took place in '96, so that kind of put me in the mindset of where we were kind of at at '98, I guess. Oh, but Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell took place in uh, 1996. 96. Okay, yeah, and it. Oh man, and then that's they touch a lot on the FBI, 
and you know the local and state government and it's just wow i've learned a lot about this country in the past 36 hours <laughs> it's interesting how school did not teach us any oh hell of this. no does richard jewel go on the list Ooh. Of what? Of my list? Uh, the list. You know, the list. The, the list. list, Aaron. You know, the big boy list? Hey, Aaron, the list. <sighs> okay, so my only thing with that so is... Now. Well, no, because they don't outright make fun of him. He's just a schlubby guy that you might chuckle at because mm-hmm. of it. Can't go on the list if he's schlubby. Probably not. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's schlubby just because... And I don't know if they did that because he's just a good old boy from Georgia. Yeah. And you can't help but chuckle because, you know... He's a schlubby guy, you yeah. know, waddling into his F-150. Or if... Because they don't talk about his size, really. Sure. Yeah, it's just a matter of how, I guess, they kind of portray him. Mm-hmm. D- does he ever talk about losing weight in the movie? No. He's you know, honestly... He's very proud of what he... like. He's like, yeah, I'm, a co- I'm law enforcement. Do you know about my list, Paul? No, but I'm picking up... I, the context is alluding to it, I think. Uh, what is my list specifically called? Uh, movies where there are fat people, but they never struggle with their weight, have image issues, or are depicted as incompetent or schlubby. Wow. That, and I have a whopping wow. 10 movies on there. I think it was only in a year and a half ago that there was only five or six. Yeah. That's good. Uh, surprisingly, well, really any movie that has Greg Grunberg in it. Uh, so Ratatouille. The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker. Ratatouille, The Big Sick. Nightbreed, mm. A Star is Born. Star Trek Beyond and my favorite, Magic Mike XXL. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. But Truly. yeah, no, no, yeah, I don't think you can put that on the list only because they do, because they do talk about. Well, no, they never, never outright. I'm saying they, there's some schlubbiness only because of how he acts, <laughs> like of how they're like they portraying show. him. They wrote that, you know. Yeah. Of, okay, how, of right. how they're of how they're portraying him. Yeah, he could have just been. A guy that was good at his job. Yeah, well, no, because they're portraying him as you know the guy, the you know the fat guy who's got his mouth open that's never really like you know paying attention. Yeah, how are we defining a schlubby? Uh, um, a Richard Jewell type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reflexive. Uh, yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen, Richard Jewell. Really, you just look at the stereotypical image of a fat person in media. It's so, it's that. So like Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Homer, um, you know the fat guy on a football team, where okay, he, nice. they're more concerned with what 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 we're eating after the game more so than the actual game, yeah, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a tough call. But I don't think we're, as opposed to a great character like Snap Wexley from Star Wars: The Force Awakens, where his his character is that he flies X wings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and we don't talk about it. Yeah, unlike what was it when we were just watching Star Wars and we we kind of we. It was, it was some movie recently. It was one recently, and they, they talked about he was flying and like. Oh yeah, his name Porkins. Yeah, Porkins. Oh, <laughs> Character the character's name is literally Porkins. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, but it's any, fine. It was anyways, the, the movie that we're talking about is the Siege. Do we have anything else to say about uh, this oddly prescient film? I, I think there's one categorically good thing they did: the escalation of the. You mentioned it. But the escalation they did of the terrorists' attacks yeah. really sold me on the film. Like, it really drug me in. Like, these were getting worse and worse. And then there was this moment where it was kind of what happened in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And I think when that happened, 
I thought, wow, that's too much. But the way they did it uh, pulled me in more. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. And I was surprised how much the first time and even the 10th time when I watched this film, it did that to me. Yeah, honestly, the only thing that feels unrealistic in this movie is the fact that it ends. Yes. Like, they, they win. <laughs> yeah, that's had a they hard left it, pill to swallow. Oh, no, yeah. had they left it kind of open-ended. Yeah. Like It'd be a reflection, yeah. reflection of 2020. Uh, yeah. And 2019. That, uh, the last character that Annette Benning's character shoots, he's like, I'm not the last cell. There will be more of us. History has shown. Yeah, that's right. There's also this great line about, uh, don't you understand? We're just making more. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Can I ask a, a, a historical question? You can. Yes. So in the Hold 90s... On. Paul, Paul? Is that, oh, is that yeah, that's kid? totally. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. So in the '90s, we pre- predominantly had domestic terrorism, correct? 1996 Olympics, Oklahoma City bombing, Waco, the Rexburg, Idaho incident with the ATF. Yes. World Trade Center. There was the World, World Trade Center. That was an external. Was that external? attack? Yeah. I want to try and put this lightly. Why were we still so terrified of the Middle East when? Oh, there was also a pretty huge bombing that happened in Lebanon uh, of oh. our military. Okay, right? so there was that so there already. Was 250 soldiers were killed okay. in a bombing, and I believe that might have been the 80s. So those were the two big factors that led to this movie. There was a giant terrorist attack there that wiped out a whole, I think half a battalion or some ridiculous a group of people, number of people. They weren't ridiculous. We love them and we're sorry. But that was significant. And then the bombing, like the bombing in 89, I think really affected a lot of people that nobody talks about. That that bombing in New, downtown Manhattan, hmm. right? New York City, the heart yeah. of everything. Yeah. Yeah. They got a bomb in there. And that's, it was supposed to happened. collapse the yeah. towers. You're right. And then it just, when it left, it left the news. It was gone. And the other thing happened over there, so we don't care. Yeah. Another thing. Beirut, Lebanon, to be. Beirut, oh, Beirut. The okay, Beirut then I've heard of Beirut, yes. <clears throat> okay. That, that reminded me of just a, a small moment early in the film where, like, the tension's rising and everyone's just kind of walking, and then the bus, like, sounds like a gunshot, and everyone collapses on the ground. Uh. And that made me think, hell, no, if we would do that now. Like, we're. So desensitized. I, I, like, I wonder if there are communities where people still wouldn't do that. And I, I think every time we have something where people get shot, I think that is still happening. I think people yeah. do have them. And some people keep their kids home and they don't leave their house or they can't. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, they just can't go outside or it's a strain to go outside. Yeah. yeah so it's, I, I think it's that sad. exists. Yeah. 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 But it's affected so many people. God, yeah. Like. <clears throat> It, it it still blows my mind that in my in my day we only had fire evacuations, yeah. pr- practice drills, and occasionally a tornado drill. Yes. Yeah, same. But yes. now, if I'm not mistaken, don't you have to have two, maybe one or two active, active, active shooter drills? Yeah, I had active shooter drills back in high school and uh, junior high. We talked oh, really? we talked about, it, but we never did them. Yeah, uh, I co- I sorry, I kind of taught kids last year. And nice, they man. didn't learn anything. They didn't learn. Anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but one insight I did pick up on just to get like a pulse on what they're going through. They're elementary school kids and Fortnite. Fortnite. It's all Fortnite. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, we were in the gym and uh, a ball just like hit the wall really loud. And then one of the kids turned to me and was like, hey, Mr. James, um, was that a gun? And like they weren't joking. They were genuinely like, was that a gun? Was that a gunshot that went off? I'm like, N- no. And that just made me realize like, fuck, they have to think about this daily oh yeah at uh, at acl there was an artist who got into a, pr- a fair amount of twitter trouble i'll say uh, more so than anything because one of his songs opens up with like you know some sort of automatic rifle like you know shooting Ooh, across geez. and he came out to that song he didn't you know oh my god he wasn't already on stage he like it went in and then he came out and there was there was an active of oh shit this is happening at ACL a very popular yeah. music well, festival what that was a year or two after the Las Vegas one yeah which uh, yeah, was also at, the, at a music at, festival at a music festival and and people like shuddered and they were like well we're literally sitting ducks like yeah. it, it, that was what people were saying and he, like he kind of apologized he was like well my bad I I had no I didn't think about it and I yeah. get it like that's just your song I get right. it yeah but still in today's life. That's that's consciously in our in our minds. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put that a little bit out of our minds as we bring this train into the station by playing a rousing game of America's favorite game based off of a website that aggregates critical <laughs> reviews. Yep. The Rotten Tomatoes game. Ooh, We're goody. calling it the Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh. Splat. Splat. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, then assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people liked it. Uh, I I see you grinning. I I am, because I know these numbers. (laughs) (laughs) I really am embarrassed. You know these numbers already? Yeah. Well, we'll test it then. Uh, Paul, I'm going to ask you for two numbers, both the critical score as well as the audience score. Uh, Starting with James on my left, and then we will come back to Paul, who apparently just knows it. (sighs) Knows it. Sorry. We're trying to go... Uh, Closest closest without going going under. under. Oof. I'm going to say... Out of 62 critical reviews. That's it? Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20 years ago. Yeah, 22 years ago. Oh, the I, internet wasn't around. Yeah. I, I I have an answer, so I'm going to go 10 above it and say 24. Tw- okay. Oh, wow. So you think 14. Yeah. Why? I Jesus. Context <laughs> of the world, I don't think people like this. It was too d- dumb, quote unquote, of a concept to think about. Sure. And it was too in far off land. Sure. To even consider this a real movie, uh, Doctor Salinas, I feel like a, I feel like American pride got in the way of critics on this one. Mm. So I'm gonna say, damn James, I wasn't gonna go that low, but now I'm starting to consider. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm gonna say 36. 36. Because, because I, I think the American pride of this was dumb. Yeah. This is America, yeah. Yeah. baby. That's what I'm thinking. That's also yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah. Paul, what was it? I believe it was 49 and 59. Oh. Dang. 59 is the audience and 49 was well, the critic. Well, hold on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he gave us the answer. Your guess is 49? That was my guess. I'm okay. trying to remember. Uh, one of you is closest without going under. Uh, Paul, you are closest without going <laughs> under. The correct answer is 44%. Um, wow. Oh, yay. That's me? No, Paul. Oh, you <laughs> said 36. Dang it. <laughs> we both went under. I thought Americans... 
American credits would hate this more. So Paul did not get that right on the money. So that should hopefully give you guys a reset because it's anyone's game. Paul, your guess uh, for the audience score out of 53,741 audience ratings Jeez. is 59%. That is correct. Why 59? Because you looked at it? I, I thought it, I thought it was 58, actually. I thought it was 48 and 58 is what my brain said, but it might have been 44 and 54 or something. We'll see. Paul's uh, guess is 59. Aaron, you can go higher, lower, or you can just jump out of that window. That's right behind you. <laughs> On the second floor. Um <laughs> I bruise easily. I'm going to say... <laughs> That's true. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, you you have the thinnest blood. That's the first thing we know. That's you. the first thing that anyone notices. It's you strange. can just tell that Aaron has thin blood. It's strange, because that's the first thing you told me when we met. You just shook <laughs> yeah. my hand. You're like, huh, you got thin blood. I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> it's Texas. I, your hand just kind of collapsed <laughs> in on myself. And then I turned into a puddle. Yeah, I just, um, <laughs> I just waved at you and your shoulder bruised. I'm gonna say, I feel like a pale too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I feel like yeah. Your blood pressure is too high. It is. (laughs) It is just like jet fuels. (laughs) It is just concerning. Uh, I'm gonna say, I feel like American Pride got on this one too. I'm gonna say uh, forty. Forty. Because I, I think people were just like, this is dumb. This is Bruce Willis, baby. He shot and Snape. He wasn't. He was that. He wasn't thinking it. Kenny said that. Well, no, the, but yeah, 54,000 people came back to write these. That's fair. That's fair. So Paul's guess is 59. Aaron's guess is 40. James, your guess could be completely Fif- different. 55%. Ooh, 55%. Uh, why 55? Because Paul said he thought it was 54 and I want to beat Paul. <laughs> Kenny explains numbers good. <laughs> uh, my numbers, often, good. <laughs> Speech, too. <laughs> Me talk good. Very good. <laughs> podcast, right idea. <laughs> Much good podcast awards. Nice, good. Numbers, yes. <laughs> Up listeners, subscribe, patrons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of you is closest without uh, going under. Paul, thank you. Uh, you're going to be so sad that James won. James it. did win. <laughs> the correct answer is 53. percent 53. percent All right, wow. that's that's the siege, folks. We talked about the siege. We did the siege. We talked about Denzel and the siege. Want to watch Malcolm X again? Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that since film school. I'm, that movie rules. Want to watch Monk? The Tony Shalhoub show. <laughs> uh, one, on of, USA. one of the notes that I had was uh, uh, Denzel Shalhoub together for the first time. <laughs> yeah. What? When did he do Same. The Great Debaters? Oh. 2003? Because I had a, I had a teacher. It is a good question. I had a teacher who never shut up about being in a movie with Denzel. Oh, <laughs> whoa! And it was, and granted, I would too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. All right, but like, but it was the great debaters. Extra... Uh, no, I think she's got a speaking part. Yeah, what's right. weird is that your teacher's forced Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, that guy just babbles. <laughs> oh, uh, two thousand seven. Really. Wow. Mm-hmm. So okay, I then, yeah, I went, high yeah I went to school in 2000. So high, you've been uh, in seventh grade. Who's your teacher? Uh, Lori Fluker. No, Flucker, I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. 
Do you see them? No. <laughs> well, that's what I'm She's a professor. Of wait, 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 Aaron. Oh, shoot. Give us facts about Great Debate. Uh, Glenn Powell's in it, though. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you don't. I'm, I'm looking at you, James, and yes. I, I'm curious because I, I think I understand you don't like films where just two characters <laughs> hang out with each other. And, what? And yet you thought uh, one of the troops in town where pretty much it's just characters and relationships. Kenny's making that up. I oh, love I see. That shit. Okay, all right, okay. I love okay. it. Because you said uh, when one of my friends, one of my dear friends, one of my troop mates, uh, actually Gloria was on the show. We love Gloria. Okay, yeah, I love Gloria too, more than y'all. But anyway, <laughs> I'll fight you. And I picked her first. Yeah, no, anyway, that's true. Uh, Gloria, Gloria and I do a troop where, and Ryan Hill. In our prime. It's the well, best improv troop in town. Yeah, probably yeah. the best troop in town, in yeah. all honesty. It's not a lie. It's legitimately the best troop in town. Yeah, well, stop well, having shows where I can't come to them. Because yeah, they're always I want come. inconvenient times. Can you just get like a weekly slot somewhere, please? Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd that'd be, be great. so happy. And y'all deserve it. That yeah, would be. Yeah. Go to any town, they'll take it. Because uh, it's so honest and vulnerable. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Because, like, I've seen too much bad improv. We're like, ah, look at me. Oh, my dick. Wow, I'm so funny. The strange thing is, that's a lot of shots. I know. Yeah. So, like, to have a troop that actually does honest and raw emotions and just sit in that silence and. It makes it feel so real. It makes you it. marinate in emotion, well, and not oh enough God, theaters do that. Also, a couple of that, whenever people do drum, dramatic prov, or drum prov, as I like to say, uh, often couple it with just being completely dour as opposed to what the best dramas have, which is levels. Yeah. So yeah. you get those low lows, and then you get very high highs, so they're shape of show. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're actually going on a journey as opposed to, I don't know, you're just talking about orphans being sad all the time. Yeah. Thanks, Batman. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, Paul, uh, listen to Aaron. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, I'm going to try my best to uh, to do the impersonation of our Lord and Savior, Bruce Willis. Um Go podcast yourself, Bureau. I'm serving my country. Why don't you serve yours? That's a good one. That oh. is good. You did that well. Oh. The actual word is fuck. Go yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you dropped a key word, but yeah. Go, go, po go podcast yourself. Go podcast yourself. Oh, <laughs> that's a perfect Denzel. <laughs> that was really good for... Oh, no, wait. No, that wasn't. Are those the shows you're doing? Yeah, What's I just that? wanted to pimp, oh, plug it, pimp plug my it. stuff real plug yeah. my plug my stuff. I forgot I was on radio. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna plug my stuff right now. Uh, January fifteenth, I'll be at uh, in the short fringe at Frontera Fest at Hyde oh, Park Theater cool. uh, with Rosemary Hook's play about uh, some shirts, and that should be really cool. It's a little mystery story. Uh, on the Tuesday, February fourth, I'll also be in a play uh, in the short fringe with Tristan Young's play uh, called Enlightened, and I'm really excited to be in that play as well. Awesome. And uh, both of those are part of Frontera Fest, so those are surprisingly Wednesday and Tuesday nights, respectively. Mm. Uh, in our prime, we'll be performing January 29th, 31st, February 1st, and February 2nd, nice. all as part of Frontera Fest Long Fringe. Nice. Really awesome. In conjunction with Jennifer Bloom, the singer, song, uh, singer uh, poet, storyteller, who will do a 30-minute set and then after that set, we'll ask the audience if they want more drama or comedy. And once we ask that question, we'll ask them what they liked and what they wanted to see more of from the stories and songs and poems that she shared. That sounds awesome. And that will be the inspiration for the improv that follows. What time is that at? 
Uh, those shows Wednesday it's at Wednesday July, January 29th at 8:45, Friday January 31st at seven, Saturday February 1st at 5:30, and Sunday February 2nd at three o'clock. Those all those shows will be at the ground floor theater. Oh, Y'all, we have to go see some improv. <laughs> Seriously, it's the best trip. I'd also. be willing to do all all nights. On yeah, that one. I'd yeah, be, yeah. Seriously, that'd be let's so go. fun. Okay, hell yeah, man. Uh, each show promises to be different. Not only will the improv obviously be different, but every every time the show will be different. She's basically put together uh, 120 minutes, 20 unique minutes. Damn. There might be some poems or individual songs that carry over, but in general. So uh, you can go all weekend. It's you a can whole go all week, week and you'll see a different show every week. Oh, that's every awesome, season. man. Guys, let's go. I'm in. Legitimately, I'm let's game. go. Olivia, I know you're listening. You're coming with us. Uh, that's been our episode of Shamewatch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for our Denise artwork. Wendy's. And to Olivia Suarez for our awesome social media. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shamewatch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you? Oh, I lost my place. Hold on. Hold on. My trackpad is very sensitive. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the podcast? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at ShameWatchPod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. And now, I'm going to thank our patrons. First, the one, the only, Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Second, you love him. You want to hug him every time you see him. Aaron O'Salinas. From Austin, Austin, Texas. Texas. Uh, The person responsible for bringing me on Earth, Gene Fight. The Bowling Green, Ohio. Football! Nice. Uh, The person who will eventually give me a UX job at a cool, sweet, awesome game design company, Alan Smith. Of Uh, Austin, Texas. I don't stretch it out. Stretch it out. Stretch this out. <laughs> uh, the person that has the same name as my cousin, so it brings me good joy in my life. Bradley McPherson of oh, Tulsa, Te- Oklahoma. Oh, shit, Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> Wait, sorry, Tulsa. Okay, okay. there it is. Uh, and uh, uh, my Austin best friend's best friend, who I know and pretty good friends with, Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Austin, Texas. Uh, Aaron's roommate, who has promised to do sound on all my films moving forward. Heraclio Gonzalez Jr. Austin, Texas. Texas. And I think this person is in the Austin improv community. I don't know him, so he's a complete stranger, but probably a nice guy because they give us $5. Ian Keegan. Of South Dakota, not Not in the the Austin Austin improv community. (laughs) I don't know. I told We've you. We've said South Dakota times. several weeks already. Listen, I tune out. It's when, on. <laughs> it says South Dakota. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say anywhere. It just has names and prices. Hey, Ian, thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, Ian, if, I, if you get a chance to say hi to me, I'd love to see you. And you can come by and see me at Testify every last Thursday of the month. Or you can see me at my storytelling show, Drinking with the Saints, every third Wednesday of the third Thursday of the month. And that has been our episode. Until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. Ian Keegan of Gillette, Wyoming.